Okay, we're going to take a journey today. All right, I want to talk to you about Jesus Christ, the great and awesome God. We're going to tie in the manger and the cross and all the good things that God does for us. Uh, I want to take a journey. We're going to take a journey through the heavens. So we're going to be kind of technology heavy this morning on our, our message. So I uh, hope you can see the screens real good if you can't get to a place where you can see them. We'll show you some pictures. Um, it all begins with God. Amen. It all begins with him. Genesis 1.1. Say that with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything starts with him. Life starts with him. Blessing starts with him. All good things start with him. And, and it's telling us that he's the God of the heavens and the earth. So when we look up, we see his goodness. When we look around us, we see his goodness all over the place because he is the creator of the heavens and the earth and is declaring to us that all of nature that we see every day that participates with us and we participate with it, all of nature is made by our creator. It all starts with God. And we're really, really small and he is really, really big. We're really, really small, and he is a really, really awesome God. And we're going to show you some things this morning that's just going to kind of, your mind's going to kind of go, you know, that kind of thing when, when we talk about some of this stuff about his creation. Uh, we are nothing compared to him. I mean, David kind of got a glimpse of that, and he said, what are, what are we? What, what's people? What's man that you're mindful of us? I mean, you don't, we, we don't even compare to you. And that you would come and visit us. Who are we? And he is so awesome, and he's so wonderful but yet he still loves us. That's the miracle, really. Psalm 33, 6 through 9 says this. It says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Now, we're talking about the God of the universe, God, our creator, who literally breathes creativity and creation out of his mouth. Literally. I mean, you know, if, if I was to speak to this stool right here and I would say, stool, you are red, I would not be telling the truth with it because it's brown, right? You know what? God has such power and it's not like magic, but it's his power. If God was to say this stool is red, guess what's going to happen to this stool? It's going to turn red because it, there's just creative power in his word. All right, so let's get to some, some ideas here. You know, in our lifetime, there has been all kinds of scientific discoveries that just absolutely confirm God's goodness and God's greatness. It's amazing. It's amazing. And always remember this. True science always confirms the greatness of God. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we've got this thing called, anybody ever heard of the Hubble Telescope? No. Uh, there's a website. It's just called HubbleSite.org, and it's hooked in with NASA and all that kind of stuff. But Hubble has sent back some amazing, this is this big giant telescope, basically, satellite telescope that orbits the earth and, and goes up into the heavens. And it sends all these pictures back showing us in our lifetime. I mean, this all has happened in our lifetime, okay, that we're able to see the glory of God in the heavens like never, ever before. All right, so let's, let's get some, some uh, so this is going to be kind of part sermon, part science class. Are you okay with that? Now, you didn't listen in your science class, but you listened in my science class, okay? You got that? <laughs> there will be a test, although I won't be the one giving it. All right, here, here's just a couple, couple definitions we're going to use here. All right, the word universe is the entire cosmos, okay? That's, universe deals with everything, okay? That's all of God's creation. It's the really big picture of God's creation. You're going to hear the word galaxy a lot. Galaxy is this. It's, it's an enormous collection of a few million to trillions of stars, 
Now, we can't even count that high hardly. It's, it's stars, gas, dust held together by a gravitational pull. And they can be several hundreds of thousands and uh, thousands of light years across in breadth. Okay? And about 50 billion galaxies have been discovered outside of our galaxy. Did you hear that number? 50 billion galaxies outside of our galaxy. All right, here's another term. Speed of light. Okay? And for all you guys, this is faster than a Mustang, I can promise you. Okay? <laughs> the speed of light is what? 186,000. You remember that from science class? 186,000 miles per second. I mean, that's what they call lickety split. You know what I'm saying? That is fast. All right? And then you got this idea of a light year. One light year is approximately 6 trillion miles. That's a little bit further than Disney World. Okay? Depending on who you're in the car with. Uh, <laughs> Six trillion miles. That's a long, long way. So that's a light year, okay? The light year is the ruler of the universe. It's how they measure everything. It's a really, really long way, okay? Now, what I'm going to talk about, the things that we're, we're going to see are humongous. Now, think about how big and powerful the God who made them must be, okay? That's what we want to get to. All right, so let's go to Earth, okay? We're here, right? Thanks to gravity, we're here, okay? This is the Earth. It's 7,926 miles in diameter, Resides in the Milky Way. That's our neighborhood. Only known planet to have H2O as we know it in a liquid form. Okay. 71% of this blue ball is covered in water. Is this something that's coming back in science class? All right. It's the only known planet that has the correct atmosphere balance to where it is fit for human life. Do you think that's just coincidence? Hmm, there's no way at all. You know what somebody said? For all that to happen... It's, it's like you would throw a, a, a bomb in a junkyard and all of a sudden have a brand new car lot. <laughs> it just would not happen by chance, would it? It just wouldn't happen. The, sun orbit, or the, the earth orbits the sun every 365 days. We call that one year, right? The light we see today, this is how big just even our Milky Way is. The light you see today from the next nearest star was emitted about four years ago. That's how big this, this Milky Way is that we live in. That's not even the universe. That's just our neighborhood. Okay? That's big, isn't it? Uh, you'll recognize this picture. This is a picture of our solar system. Remember that? All right, so you got the sun, the big orange thing right there in the corner. Then you got Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. That's the one everybody knows. Why? Why do you know Saturn? It's got all the rings, right? All right, then you got Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, which Pluto hadn't gotten a lot of love lately. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> All right, but this is how we learned it, our, our solar system. All right, now our solar system orbits around the sun. Okay, that's that big flaming ball of gas that uh, absolutely sustains life on this planet in a lot of ways. The sun is the center of our solar system. Now it's 93 million miles from Earth. Now think about this. The God that we just sang a couple songs to and worshiped to, he, he breathed this out of his mouth. <laughs> Think about that. It's 93 million miles from the earth. And they tell us that if it was any closer, we'd fry. If it was any further, we'd freeze, is what they tell us. Isn't it just a nice coincidence that it's just right? It's just right. <laughs> it's a flaming, glowing nuclear reaction in the sky that helps sustain life on this planet. 27 to 59 million degrees at its core. I said that right. 59 million degrees at its core. That'll give you suntan for sure, wouldn't it? 
5,000 to 10,000 degrees on its surface. Light from the sun takes eight minutes to reach the earth. All right. The diameter of the sun is 870,000 miles uh, across, 109 times larger than the earth. And as far as volume goes with the sun, you could take the earth and put one million earths inside the sun. That's how big it is. Okay. You can say wow anytime. Okay. Wow. It, it really is a wow factor. We, we, we do not know what we're looking at every day. We do not understand what we participate with, this creation that God has made, nor do we understand the God who made it, really. All right. All right, let's talk about Pluto a little bit. Okay, Pluto is the smallest planet, they say, and of course they're saying now it's just a star and then it's not the planet. They got some other planets and all that stuff, but I like Pluto because it messes up some of my sayings. Like you'd say to your kids, I'm going to kick you to Pluto, you know, that kind of thing. I'm going to send you to Pluto, you know. I got to stick with my sayings here. All right, so it's 3.6 billion miles from the sun. Okay, that's a long way. That's a little further than the meridian again, all right? It orbits the sun. This is how big our solar system is now. We orbit the sun every 365 days. Pluto orbits the sun every 247.7 years. Okay, so Mr. Paul, we might see the next orbit a little bit later, right? Maybe a little old for that. Now, here's the one everybody likes, Saturn. It's the pretty one, isn't it? It's got the beautiful rings. wonder why God put rings around it. He just felt like it that day, didn't he? What do you think? All right, there's Saturn. Now, here's our neighborhood, the Milky Way. Anybody go outside and you kind of see the stardust kind of scattered? That's, that's the Milky Way. You see that kind of thing? And I, how many of you are just kind of a little bit, maybe you're nerdy like me, you're kind of a little bit of astronomy buff or things like that? Anybody like that? Oh, there's five of us that's going to enjoy this sermon. That's good. <laughs> I like Milky Ways. You like Milky Ways? <laughs> that's right. They're, made, they're so good they named the candy bar after it, right? All right. But you go out there, and, and hey, I recommend you do this. Now, you may need some mosquito spray in the springtime, but I recommend you go outside where it's dark. You know, you get around cities and all that kind of stuff. It's not real dark. But go outside where it's dark, and the whole world will illuminate. You didn't even know it was up there. I promise you. And you'll be able to see some of this Milky Way. It almost looks like stardust kind of scattered across the sky. You'll see some of it. All right? So the Milky Way is a spiral galaxy and is our home. It's where, where Earth lives. It's our neighborhood, so to speak. It contains more than 100 billion stars and has a diameter of 100,000 light years across. That's big. That's real big. Okay. All right. So our next closest neighbor, they tell us, is the Andromeda Galaxy. Okay. So Andromeda Galaxy. sounds like something needs to be on a, a, a TV show or something, doesn't it? And any Battlestar Galactica fans we had back in the day? Oh, man. We tell... <laughs> you know, I tried to watch one of those a while back. They, they brought some of it back on Netflix. I tried to watch it, and man, uh, they could have used some more budget, I think. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I literally saw the little character. It was on a broomstick, and it was one of those little mannequin heads on a broomstick, and they had a silk thing wrapped around it, and you could see right through it. And it's like, I guess we just didn't pay attention in the 80s, right? We didn't pay attention. Andromeda Galaxy is 2.2 million light years away from us. It's approaching our galaxy at a rate of 670,000 miles per hour. That's pretty fast, isn't it? Okay, so this is something you need to prepare for. In 5 billion years, if everything stays on course, in 5 billion years from now, it may even collide with the Milky Way. You making plans for that? All right. I just want you to see the vast, how big this, this deal is. That's our neighbor, okay? All right. Jeremiah 10, 12 says this. Speaking of God. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world, the world by his wisdom. And he has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. 
You know what we're finding in science? We're finding that the God who started creating, and we heard about it in Genesis 1, it doesn't seem like he stopped creating. He said, let there be light, and I don't know if he ever said, let it stop. It just seems like he just keeps creating and creating, and we're finding not that we're living in a box of a universe, we're finding that the universe very possibly might be infinite. Kind of, you know, I wonder why it might be, could it be because of the God that we know is that way? Just thought. All right, here's one of my favorites right here, and I had a friend that drew me this picture, actually, uh, on, a, on a nice big canvas I've got in my home. It's the Sombrero Galaxy, so all our love goes out to our Mexican brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> uh, 28 million light years away. I love the way this looks. I love the way it's shaped. It's 50,000 light years across from one piece of that brim to the other, all right, the Sombrero Galaxy. Now, here's another one. The barred spiral galaxy, and it's just kind of, if you look at it real closely, you can kind of see the little bars, almost like barbed wire kind of thing. And that's, now think about this. This is billions to trillions of stars. It, it all looks like one big bright light, but all of these are little stars, bigger than our planet, really, that are all, and that, that's amazing, isn't it? Got the next one. And some of you might be from here and know somebody from this galaxy. It's the warped galaxy, right? <laughs> It's 150 million light years away from us. That's a long way away. All right. Then there's the Cartwheel Galaxy. 500 million light years away, 150,000 light years across. The ring, it says, resulted as two galaxies collided, and that created that, that aura around that, all that light. Okay? This is the same God who made all this stuff. Okay? This is the same God that we pray to, the same God we sing to, the same God we come to worship, this is him, okay? This is the God that we are called to represent. That's a pretty high order, isn't it? Pretty tall order there. This is also the same God that we ignore, we neglect, we disobey, and we doubt. But it's also the same God who says, get to know me and trust me. And if we knew how big he was and how powerful he was and how together he was and how together he and how wise he is, we'd never doubt another day in our life. Lord, help us. This is the God. This is just your standard red supergiant star. See it in the middle of the little red supergiant star? That is the gas that is emitted from that star that kind of creates this gravitational pull in that deal. I just like that picture. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that one. But ain't, ain't it pretty, though? Mm-hmm. Gives new meaning to twinkle, twinkle, little star, doesn't it? <laughs> now, here's a really big picture here. This is, this is something that was taken over years, pictures, and NASA took several pictures of, of the landscape of the universe, and they stitched them all together. Okay, now this is really mind-blowing right here. This is the deep view of the universe. Now, what you see right here are not fireflies, okay? The way they stitched all this together, these are actually galaxies and it said that there are possibly up to 10,000 plus galaxies in this picture. Now remember a galaxy is millions to billions to trillions of stars. Okay so what you're seeing right here like like this would I don't know where it is but like that would be the Milky Way that we live in. That's amazing. This is what they're telling us and without them even knowing it they're declaring the glory of God at NASA with the tax dollars. Your tax dollars you know. 
All right, so now, Psalm 147, I just wanted you to see that picture. In, in that picture, we, we couldn't even count the stars, trillions and trillions of them. Listen to what it says right here in Psalm 147, 4 and 5. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. I thought he was just talking about the ones I see. Now he's got a whole bunch out there. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Hmm. Let's go to the next one. All right, here's where all our kitchen appliances obviously come from. This is the Whirlpool Galaxy, right? The Whirlpool Galaxy. You can kind of see the idea of the Whirlpool Galaxy. 31 million light years away. 98,000 light years across. It's one of the smaller guys, okay? It's just a beautiful little deal, a little spin right on all that. Now, the heavens, you probably heard this scripture, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. What does it mean to declare something? What does it mean? You speak it out or you proclaim it, right? Or you preach it, you declare. So constantly the heavens are speaking to us and saying how wonderful and how majestic and how wise our God is. They're, in fact, it's a good idea for you time to time again, go outside when it's really dark and just pray. Just meditate. Just be quiet. Just look up. It'll be good medicine for your soul because they, the, the heavens actually have a message to proclaim to you. If you'll take time to listen. They're declaring the goodness and the glory of God, his majesty and his might and his power. And the firmament or the heavens show his handiwork. Gotta go take a look at it sometime. Now I want to go back to that whirlpool galaxy. Okay? This is just interesting. This is just super interesting. This is all on NASA. You can go on NASA's website and see all this kind of thing. What NASA did, they took a picture, they zoomed in to the very center of that whirlpool galaxy. And this is not Photoshop, it's not made up. They took a picture right into the very center, the core of the Whirlpool Galaxy. And it's on their website now. This is not preacher made up. Zoomed in and look what they saw. Now, that may just look like a fuzzy thing to you, but it looks a lot like a cross. It's very possible. Huh. Think about this. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says this. For by him... All things were created that are in heaven and are that on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist or they're held together. And I just think, go back to the other picture one more time. I just think it's really interesting that you would zoom into the fabric of a galaxy and you would see a picture of a cross and you've got Colossians 1, 16 and 17 and it tells us that God himself in Christ holds everything together. We think it's gravity. They think it's black, black uh, hole stuff and all the, the black dust that's there that's pulling everything together and all that kind of stuff. But it's really Christ and his power and his wisdom holding everything together holding us together and if he can hold tens of thousands of galaxies together could he hold your life together <laughs> see that's what the heavens are declaring god is great and god is awesome and god is good but he's not so big that he can't be small to get to you and if he can hold all of that together 
and cause the sun to rise up without anybody telling him. Cause the seasons to happen just like they should. If he can take care of all of that, the heavens would tell you, rest, be at peace. He can take care of you. Amen. Now here's the big deal. This is where we get to Christmas. John 1. It's one of the genealogies of Jesus. There's one found in Matthew. There's one found in Luke. And there's one found in John. John's genealogy ties Jesus, the Word, back to God. Okay. In the beginning, that sounds a lot like what we started with, didn't it? It sounds a lot like Genesis 1. It's meant to be. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Now here's the big leap. Here's the big deal. This Word, God Himself, who created all things, verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh, became human, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now if we would go back and look at all those pictures of the universe, John 1 is telling us the God who made all of the heavens and all of the earth clothed himself and came to a manger. Clothed himself in flesh and blood and became like us. This is a story we're called to believe about a God who cares enough to step out of his majesty and become like us. This is Christmas. Philippians 2 tells us this. And of course the gospel story tells us time and time again, over and over and over, even, the, even off the lips of Jesus, he tells us time and time again that he came for a specific purpose and that he came to die and on the third day he would be resurrected. He told us that time and time again. Predicted it himself. Philippians 2 gives commentary about Jesus and it says this. Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Now that, to be like us is not a big deal to us. We're just, we know, that's all we know. But think of the God who made all the heavens and the earth, who is infinite wisdom and infinite glory and infinite power, stepping down. And when it says he humbled himself, I don't think any of us really understand what that really means. Where he stepped from to become like us. That's a pretty low step for him. He became like a bondservant in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Now that's outrageous, actually. That's outrageous. To think that the God who made everything would humble himself to the point that he would even let his creation ridicule him, mock him, and even kill him. That's outrageous. That's what Jesus submitted himself to. It's outrageous that we would do that to the one who made all things. It's really outrageous that he would do that. You understand? I don't think we understand the God we're dealing with here. He became obedient to the point of death, 
even death on the cross. Why? Why did he die on the cross? Scripture says, cursed is anybody that hangs on the tree. Why did he die? Well, Jesus would say that he came so that we could find a way to come to him. So the gospel story is, is this. The good news is this. He came to us, this glorious, majestic God who created all of these things that if we really could grasp any of it, it would blow our circuits out, okay? He steps down, becomes like us, humbles himself, and dies, but not just a death. He dies in our place, the scripture says. And he gets on that cross, and the scripture says on that cross, he nailed, his, his own flesh was nailed there, but he nailed every sin that you would ever commit. Every lie that you would ever tell. Every commandment you would ever break. The scripture says he nailed that to his tree so that you and I could be forgiven. What the God of the universe who made everything and holds everything together would say to you. He would say, I came to you to make a way for you to come to me. Merry Christmas. That's what it's about. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us. We threw out a lot of figures and facts and stats and all that stuff, Lord, and it just kind of gets all bogged up in our mind, really. But Lord, I pray for each one of us that you would help us to, to just begin to grow in our understanding of your majesty and your might and your power. Help us to hear the message the heavens are preaching. Help us to hear. If we can hear what's coming from the heavens, we won't be so troubled about what's going on on the earth or what's going on in our life. It's a real foundation of peace for us, Lord. So help us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us messages and sermons just hanging right over our heads all the time. I pray you'd give us eyes to see it, ears to hear it, that we wouldn't miss the message. Jesus will never know really why. I'm not sure we'll know how, but we do know that you did come and you gave yourself for us. And you placed on that cross so that we could come to you free people, forgiven people, new people, restored people, blessed people. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for Christmas and all that it means, Lord. May we not forget. May we not let all the tapestry and all the stuff that's going on around us and all the, the cultural idea of Christmas, Lord, may we not let it overshadow what this season truly, really means. And may we go tell it on the mountain, everywhere we go, that our Creator has come and made a way. We bless you, Lord. We thank you. 